Right, let's do the show. <laughs> Obviously, I've broken something. <laughs> I was trying to be clever. Never mind. This is not a good start, but it's fine. This is a music technology show. Thankfully, it's not all to do with broadcast technology, otherwise I'd look a right chump. Anyway, welcome, everybody. Uh, we talk about things to do with software, synthesizers, uh, drum machines, studio stuff, live stuff, all kinds of things that will apply to that whole world of uh uh, well, of music production, basically. So I uh, want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to say thanks uh, thanks to Wagyu, who's there in the chat room. He's looking after all of the... Uh, 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 we've had a lot of spammers recently. I don't know, it's been a week for bots, so he's looking after that, making sure we don't get any more of those in, and also just fixing the stuff behind the scenes. Thank you very much, Wagyu. Much appreciated. And nice to see a load of familiar faces in there who are currently sniggering at my technical ineptitude there. But uh, hey, you know, everybody's used to it by now. And I want to say thank you very much to uh, uh, all our guests, who I'll get onto in a sec. Yeah, well, I think that worked. Uh, at least I could hear it. I don't know if anybody else could. <laughs> we'll just have to see. I also want to say, uh, just coming up, uh, we've got uh, our Tori FX Motions review coming tomorrow. I'm looking at the Norand Mono Mark II. Don't forget, we've got the Yuhi competition. If you want to win uh, a Yuhi plugin of your choice, uh, bit.ly slash, uh, I think, would that work? I think that might do it. Yeah, bit.ly slash sonic-uhe-23. Uh, yes, do join us there. That's uh, all good fun. And I think that's all of the uh, all of the housekeeping done. So now let's see. Have we got... Let's see if we got everybody in. Right, let's 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 bring some guests. Look, it's only Maths. I haven't seen Maths for ages. Maths is back on the block where his lovely... Uh, his studio is looking more and more atmospheric every time we see Maths, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> Matt, well, Matt Hodson, a.k.a. Maths, who uh, is Hello. performing. In fact, you're performing, aren't you performing next week with uh, Alessandro Cortini? I'm performing the last Friday of this month. So is that next week? Uh, oh, yes, it is. Week on Friday, I'm opening for Alessandro Cortini, um, who I love and admire his work. And I've just been putting this together for my live set as well. So... Um, that's all underway. I just did a gig actually with James Holden as well. I opened for him. But um, I've decided, Nick, this is going to be my last ever live performance. And uh, there's a number of reasons for it. Yeah, one of the things is, and I think we need to have a conversation about this at some point, but doing a lot of support slots, and I've done, done a lot of quite big support slots, there's a tendency you get turned down quite a lot volume-wise. And I don't know if this is an in-house thing or if this is or, or what, but um, for me, it doesn't sit very well. You know, it's almost like putting on somebody's work in an art gallery um, and Not showing it half yeah. in the dark, you know, without any wow. light or something. And it's, and it's noticeable. You know, people come and have seen me in the last show, for example, and they were like, we really love the gig, but it's night and day difference between the volume of when I was on compared to the headliner. And... And maybe that's just the done thing, but it doesn't really sit well with me. And it's happened so many times. And we all put so much into playing live um, in the preparation and performance and everything that goes along with it. And, um, yeah, I think, I think there's some conversations we need to have about that. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a high because Alessandro opening for him is a brilliant way to, to finish that. I, I might consider playing live again if I do my own tour or... Um, if I'm guaranteed to be like 
you know, I've got to be loud for what yeah, I'm doing, Nick. It's, it's a maximum heavy. decibel. Yeah, you have a minimum decibel requirement on your rider. That would be the, yes. main, the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, and but, I, and um, I think I agree, actually. I mean, I think front of hand, I mean, it is a standard thing because quite often, well, there's, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, I'd imagine one is the trap, you know, the, the actual overall level volume. They're very, very strict. So if the support act is too loud, then they kind of use up some of those credits that they have for being louder later. And that's just a law thing. Mm -hmm. But yep. also I'd imagine having the, but the support and a, a quieter the support act quieter means that obviously the main one has more impact and sheds them in a shows them in a more favorable light which i think is what you're talking about and that is that is unfortunate and i think that's hard to justify um if i'm honest but yeah okay yeah fair point uh, fair point well made. yeah yeah and yeah yeah i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna continue doing a lot of live streaming and i really enjoyed doing that i don't you don't necessarily have to leave the house to put on a gig these days, you know, with all this technology and stuff. So it's not the same, I know, but um, be lovely to see anyone who's coming along um, on on Friday for that. I think it's going to be a great show. And yeah, it's good to be back. I've had um, a few months, a lot of changes going on behind the scenes with me. Um, in fact, yeah, in terms of work, I've, I've moved out of education now. Um, and I'm working for a synthesizer company actually, um, oh, here in the UK. Yes. Excellent. Which, um, which, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can talk about, and I'm sure you've all heard of them before a company called Stylophone. And ah, this, this is their beat actually that they've just, yeah. So uh, I'm actually working for them and it's an exciting time to start working for them actually, because, uh, well, I can't say too much stuff, but there's. Um, cool. Yeah, they've they've got some great ideas that company. So uh, that's that's been eating up a lot of my time, and uh, yeah, it's good to be imagine. actually working back in the industry as well with people yeah, and nice. um, getting back into that that world as well. Love working in education; it's been really good. But um, but opportunities don't always come up this often to to get on board with such a um, iconic and classic company, really. So, Excellent. yeah. Been, been busy. Oh, brilliant. Well, congratulations. That's great to have you here as well. Thank it's you. always pleasant. And of course, um, next guest, well, he does need some introduction because you may not have seen him before because he hasn't been on for ages either. Mr. Ty Unwin, music media composer who is uh, locked in his shed <clears throat> until he meets his <clears throat> deadlines generally or, or has had a phase of uh, musical deadlines. So you've been composing, I don't know how many minutes a day, but uh, I know your work rate is legendary, but uh, I hope it's not hope it's not too demanding on your time, although I suspect somehow it is. It, it's had its, yeah, it has. The last the last couple of months have been not great. But uh, no, it's all good. Coming to an end, finally, on a couple of projects. And then that's me done for a while, but just got to kind of tie up the loose ends. But yeah, I'm knackered, basically. Um, that's why I look like this. Uh, but I'm I, honestly, it's it's all good. I'm keeping Excellent. to my well, thing. So do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember I said a couple of years ago I'm only doing, you know, a handful of jobs a year, one or two jobs a year, rather than my normal killing myself yeah. 24-7. So I'm sticking to it. It's just that the last few months have been that time of having to um, actually work. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I just can't wait to just take time out, that's all. Kick yeah. back and enjoy yeah, uh, your exactly synthesizer. That. Did I see you the other day um, sporting a... Was it a, a Maximus? Did I see that? I, I'm, I'm yeah. fairly sure I saw a Maximus. In, yeah. Uh, you and a Maximus. I don't know if it's yours, but uh, I, I believe... No, it was it mine. Maybe I got the f I got the first one off Tom. So, nice. Um, 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's it. I mean, you've had to play with it. It's a, it's a magical thing. I mean, it's totally yeah. bonkers. I mean, I'm not going to tell you when he because I knew about this a few months ago, and when he started sending me details and pictures of it, I, I can't possibly tell you why I wrote back because it was just too sweary. But um, yeah, it's just totally bonkers. I mean, it's mad as a box of frogs, but it's uh, yeah. it's a bit it different, and it's it's it does sound great. And more to the point. In this day and age, it's difficult to actually find something that's new and different and just approaches things from a different angle. And it really does. I mean, fair enough, it's very retro and it goes back to 70s, but it's it's it treats, you know, synthesis in a, a new way for today. So it's good. It's a fantastic thing. Excellent. So, yeah. So all good. Glad you're able you're able to enjoy it, and uh, and we're mm -hmm. able to have some of your valuable time as well. Thank you for coming. And also we have uh, Mr. Gaz Williams. I think I probably owe you an apology because I think for the last I don't know quite a long time. Yeah. I've been sending all the topics and stuff out every week to an email address you no longer check. So you've probably been thinking, what have I done? Why am I not being asked anymore? And it's it's yeah, literally thought, an administrative yeah. error. I can only apologise. No, no. I thought, you know, it's about time, you know, that I got banned for various reasons. So I just I just accepted it. But, yes, yeah, so I was actually really glad to be that that wasn't but the case. Nick, you you sent us that email that said whatever you do, don't tell Gaz about this. You did that to everybody. Everybody knew. <laughs> is there nothing in confidence anymore these days? Anyway, Gaz, it's lovely to have you. Um, what have you been up yeah. to? I mean, we 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 you may uh, those of us those of you who support us on Patreon will have seen our hour long. I I called it uh, stuck in a car with Gaz and. Uh, Jervis, uh, which I thought was pretty apt. It was like a we just a chat chat on the way back from uh, Sheffield, which I think worked pretty well as a concept, at least in my mind. Yeah, uh, you can so pan around with you for a week yeah. or so, but uh, yeah, it was good. I've been busy, really busy. I've been up in Edinburgh actually last week. I played oh, my yeah. first headline, my first headline solo gig as Bad Workman for uh, Wavetable. That's a uh, expert sleepers event that they put on in this art gallery in Edinburgh, uh, and that was an incredible experience. Um, the um in part because the audience they all sit in neat rows and there's wow. no bar there's no bar there so people aren't getting up and going to the bar everyone is sat everyone's sat hushed through the whole performance you know uh, and, and i guess that's well, just how it wear is. your squeaky shoes yeah. <laughs> but um i mean it was kind of interesting uh, the two acts who went on before me were both really interesting um Timothy, oh, I'm going to forget the names at the moment. Lonely Carp, uh, an Australian uh, musician. Uh, Timothy Tate. Uh, now, both of those, both of those performers, really pushed the boat out, and it was very avant-garde, and uh, and actually was for me was really inspiring because, uh, you know, the tyranny of having to provide music for stinking dancing people. I didn't have to worry about that. You know, once people start <laughs> dancing, you're then kind of like obliged to keep them dancing. But all of the people here were sat down and had just listened to some of the maddest things I've ever heard in my life. So that was really inspiring. I felt I could go into different directions and to, and in fact, I went into certain musical zones that I don't think I'd ever been to before. Um, so that was really kind of, yeah, I, I felt really liberated. Still buzzing. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but there's another thing I'd like to mention. It's only, it's, this is the first 
like kind of just teaser announcement, but um, Steve Davis and myself are setting up a record label and it's called Rack. R-A-C-K, not R-A-K like Mickey Most label in the 70s, R-A-C-K. And we're going to be putting out various jams that we've been doing and some other jams that Steve's been doing with some other people and some of my solo stuff as well. So keep an eye on that. We're going to make a, a proper announcement in the next few weeks. But I'm really excited Ooh. about that. Yeah, I, I, I played a gig with Steve up in London a couple of weeks ago uh, and to a regular regular people rather than synth you know fanatics uh and that's always quite interesting because um you know it's uh <laughs> you know a certain amount of people come because it's steve davis and there's a, a bit of you know curiosity about that but um but just really being able to uh play very uh uncompromised music um in front of people and it was packed gig as well was really fun so actually i'm going quite opposite to uh to maths there where i, I embracing yeah i love it i've got it i love it more 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 so i'm going to be playing in birmingham uh for the bmo uh in november um got some other things coming as well so yeah i'll keep you posted but yeah gigging you know, I'm a gigging musician, always have been. So now I'm actually starting to find my mojo with electronic stuff, you know. And, and like I, I mentioned this before, but for me, playing live is all about live and no backing tracks, no pre-prepared things, just raw live, making it up in the moment, no safety net, just, just, just drop right into it. And I think that for me is like, I, you know, I've always wondered about, is there a way to play electronic music live without sort of, you know, cheating, you know, doing it properly, like properly live music, like properly live. And I think, uh, I think I might've found that path now. It's not that the music I'm making is any good, but I've found a way to do it, <laughs> you know. Well, would you call <laughs> rehearsing cheating, but I don't know how far you take No, I don't mean, I was being facetious. I was being facetious, but I, I'm super, you know, I just, you know, I don't yeah. know. Well, you're just... buzzing. I can tell you're buzzing. You're buzzing. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I do have to remind you that we do have a number of uh, uh, topics to come to. And in fact, uh, um, it, it, it's, it's yeah, I do beg your pardon. Um, right, well, we've got stuff. Well, I guess the first thing we've got to do, because everybody's kind of quite buzzing about this, is talk about Artoria EFX Motions, right? The EFX motions by Arturia. I'm playing Matt's as well. This is Matt's plugin. video uh, that he that did a, 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 a cover of it. Movement cover, to your sounds. You can draw curves and envelopes and essentially animate any sound, creating automations, adding movement and feel to your music. Right, I mean, it's quite a long video, so there's lots of facts and figures there which you can check out. I would also like to point out we've got our own review coming tomorrow. Uh, Tim Kant has done a, a piece for us. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting that out there. Uh, but this is really interesting. So it's essentially, it's like a rhythmic sort of slash clock-based multi-effects. I mean, when I say multi-effects, we're talking, right, I, I wrote it all down. So we've got... Uh, um, Rhythmic filtering, rhythmic volume, rhythmic panning, distortion, reverb, delay modulations, macro controls. Uh, it's currently at €49, Euros, I think, intro price, which is a bargain. Not, I mean, even just even if you weren't to modulate anything, just having that number of effects seems to be a pretty good deal. And it's got a lot of, because Arturo have done some really good work recently with their uh, distortions. You've got lots of flavours and lots of different styles of that. So this looks like, I suppose there seems to be a bit of a... Uh, 
a zeitgeist at the moment for multi-effects, particularly clock-based stuff. Obviously, we have uh, Baby Audio's uh, Transit, and uh, there was something else which I've uh, instantly forgotten. Uh, I mean, everybody, I'm sure, has probably got a thought on this. I mean, Matt, I'll come to you first because you've already had it and you've been playing around with it. Uh, I I'm guessing you like it, right? Because you were inspired to make a video. <laughs> yeah, I was. But, um, and all the, yeah, you know, the premise of what it does, all these kind of rhythmical effects that you can do, and you can do glitching and all sorts of stuff, it's right up my street. So it was it was kind of love at first sight in a way. Um, as soon as I loaded it onto a track, I was like, okay, yeah, I get this. Um, and it was so easy actually to, to produce a video for it. So I just basically hit record and did a walkthrough of it. So thanks for playing that. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. You get the filter, you got the noise, dry, volume, pan. So you take those elements, you can turn them on and off, you can reorder them, and then you can, yeah, literally draw different curves and bring them in and out. You've got different flavors of distortion as well. Um, and they all sound really lovely. You've got some master effects. Um, you've then got this kind of repeat um, section where you can kind of do glitching and drum rolls and pitch shifting and you add all of that together and you put that on something like I don't know someone playing a piano piano sample or something like that or even just a drone and suddenly it becomes something completely different in my video I put it on beats I tried it on bass lines I tried it on um, drones and stuff like that but one of the killer things that I really like at the very top of the GUI you'll see there's kind of like um, a frequency spectrum and what you can actually do is just choose which parts of the frequency spectrum you want to apply all of those effects to. So rather than it just being dry, wet, 100% on everything, um, you can just have it, say, focused on the frequency of your where your snare drum is, or your hi-hats, or um, you know where something is sitting in, in the track that you just want to focus it on. And that's really cool, and it leaves everything else alone. Because sometimes, you know, when you're doing kind of I don't know glitchy music and I'm not saying you just do glitchy music with this but it, it lends itself to that you sometimes want to leave elements alone like a kick drum so it's always coming through and you know where the you know the beats are and things like that so there's little things like that that they've added which I think um, just yeah made this re really really interesting I, I don't know if uh, Ty and Gaz has had a play with this and what their thoughts on it but I, I yeah, I thought it was great and for the price oh sorry I must say as well the GUI um, I'll tell you, I've got really, I think they've got a really good eye on creating very clean, intuitive user interfaces. You've seen that with things like pigments as well, which I, I think's yeah, probably one of the... complex appear simple to be simple to they? operate, right? Yeah. yeah, you've got all this user feedback going on still. You can still see all the kind of modulation and things happening, um, but without it being really in your face and in, in such a kind of clean way. So um they've kind of done that very well i think on here as well so yeah well done what is it 49 quid Something yeah like 49 that. yeah i don't know ty whether yeah. you've had the opportunity i mean i know you're kind of you, you usually get the latest and greatest stuff in terms <clears throat> of software as well because it's obviously you're so in the box you know you have to be able to you know to, to apply well the thing is the thing is uh artura make it as if you've got i think is it is it because I've got FX collection? I think it because it maybe because I've got the FX collection. So you, I got it for twenty nine pounds. Wow. It wasn't even forty nine. Twenty nine pounds update. And to say that it's a no brainer is is putting it mildly. That no, is fantastic. Everything that Matt just said, spot on. 
Um, I think in terms of you could take the individual elements and there's, is it doing anything particularly new? No, in terms of the stuff by uh, Unfiltered Audio, some of their plugins does very similar stuff. There's a bit of the kind of concept of um, Isotope, uh, the Stutter Edit 2. There's uh, bits from uh, Sugarbytes, Effectrix, and I mean, and Matt was saying earlier, there's, you know, kind of a bit of Shaper Box in there as well. There's the new thing from Baby Audio. There's there's lots of elements from different, um, that have already kind of been around, but the way that they've put it all together, and as Matt said, the, uh, you know, the user interface is just, it's just spot on. It And the main thing, I tell you, the, the best thing I loved in it, good old fashioned random button which was th something <laughs> like this. It's it's literally a case of, you know, you don't even need to go through the presets. You find some bits that you like, and then the rest of it, you just put, keep the, you know, kind of track going and just click, keep pressing random. And until you come oh, up with something amazing. And then that's the thing. It's just inspirational, I think. And I think these, you know, kind of these days, finding anything that kind of inspires you is, um, is, is just really important. So, I, I, I mean... Uh, 29 pounds no brainer at 49 pounds you know honestly you're not going to find anything that's going to if, if that's your bag if, if you want something that's you know kind of interesting it's uh it's fantastic yeah i love it really love Excellent. it and I've, I've only i literally bought it this morning so i've only had two three hours with it so when i should have, i actually should have been uh, um writing some more cues and i was just playing with that <laughs> instead don't tell them it'll be fine <laughs> yeah, excellent. I know. I mean, no. I mean, I don't think there's any difference to you, from you guys. I mean, I think you know because you, you were playing yeah. some patches earlier. I mean, it, it is a, an inspired piece. It seems like it's a very inspired piece of software. And and like I say, the sort of zeitgeist. I mean, it feels like it's not mm. a new category, but it feels like it's a category that's really uh, front and center at the moment. Yeah, and the the look. Um, one thing that's always really pleasing to see is when the GUI is like vectors. You can you can resize it to any size you want, which I always appreciate. Uh, I think most of the Arturia, or in fact, all of them now are resizable. Uh, the, you know, being able to make it full screen if you want to, or, or as close to full screen. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be, I mean, I think what Matt said also with Ty, you know, it's, it's difficult to add extra to this. Uh, I've, I've been playing around with it. I was uh, just putting in uh, the most simple, just uh, the initial patch on from the Super 6, which, you know, just a basic sawtooth, and then trying it out. And, uh, and it just transforms that sound into the most, incredibly exciting things. Uh, so, I think if you are looking to find something to uh, just make plain things into, I don't know, like a, 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 a yeah, add a bit of spice, yeah. Uh, more, yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, but what what I thought, you know, you mentioned Zeitgeist, and uh, it's actually the, the the kind of crisp white sort of look to it brought to mind the Kvyat Wolfie. <laughs> keyboard which uh, i covered for sonic at the bristronica event and that's just coincidentally that's just gone live on kickstarter yesterday but it's got a similar and, and they're both french and 
<laughs> and also, I was thinking about how some of the graphic interfaces that Expressive E use as well. You know, there's something about that French design. I think it's beautiful. Um, mm. Yeah, that. Uh, but that Kvyak, yeah, it's just gone live on. Um, sorry, totally. That's a total sort of deviation. But that's just gone live on Kickstarter, and it's five nine nine on Kickstarter. So I think that's actually quite a good price. I'm just seeing if I can actually. Yeah, I tell you. Um just while you're finding that nick one of i'll tell you one of the things that i i love about these kind of multi-effect things is um because they're kind of grid based and you you turn them on and they're very accurate and they they go with the clock and clock divisions and things like that that's great but one of the things that i quite like doing is is setting this up getting it running and then feeding a, a, a live audio input into it and that could be your guitar or bass or vocals anything like that and you're you're sort of jamming with it in real time and because you're not grid based and you're free flowing, you know, you're just jamming mm. on your guitar. Yes, you, you're kind of yeah. playing to the click, if you like, but you're, you're not rigid like the computer. Your interaction with that plugin and all the multi effects that are going on often arrives in really quite interesting results that way. So um, rather than thinking about a plugin like this where you maybe put it on, on something you've already pre recorded, have a go at playing something live into it, live input. And you can often get um, inspired from that, you know, because you end up responding then to what you're hearing. And it's this feedback that goes around between you and the computer. But yeah, yeah. that's the kind of thing that I love to do. Mm, big fun What's of this? That sort of yeah, there we go. Uh, it's only just started and they're already at 65K. Uh, so they're more, more than halfway to what they're looking for. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, you can see what I mean by the interface there, that white, that crisp white. It, it sort of is similar. Um, it's got a nice crisp and nice design to it. Uh, mm, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, I was really taken with that. I thought it was really cool. But um, yeah, but this, yeah, not much more to be said, I guess. Than you know, it's a bargain. If yeah, brilliant. Um, Arturia yeah, seem to have just got it right now, haven't they? Um, just in terms. Well, it's of, interesting. Like, I've been talking to I've, I've been talking to various people, and it's like we know they do hardware and software because there was just recently the Polybrew update. Quite recently. Uh, um, uh, which introduces more distortion and stuff. So they're, they're obviously, you know, that. But it, it seems to me that what the, you know, I'm sure the hardware is just a kind of uh, a teaser to get people to buy the software. Because once you've got a team that are being this creative and making this stuff, that's presumably where the money is, you know, because you can sell an awful lot more of those units. And it's good to see a company kind of doing well in a situation, you know, where where we're often hearing <laughs> that that's not the case. Well, at least I assume they're doing well, and I hope they are because uh, it certainly looks that way if they're going to keep coming up with that. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the Artoria uh, EFX Motions. And don't forget, we've got our review coming out tomorrow uh, where you can have a look at that as well. Okay, um, I suppose uh, let, let's. Uh, oh, well, are we going to do another plug? I guess we could, couldn't we? Gosh, there's just so much of this. Let's while we're on the subject of uh, plugins, uh, let's do the uh, let's do the GeForce, shall we? This is a, a fabulous video uh, by, I think, Alex Ball's responsible In for In 1979, Oberheim Electronics unveiled the OBX polyphonic synthesizer that not only kick-started their new era of legendary instruments, but also saw the Oberheim name adopted by some of the... I'm going to play this at the end because it's just... It's just a great bit of demo tunage from uh, Alex. Yeah, this is the news of the GeForce uh, friends of ours, obviously. Um, 
full disclosure um although we they're not advertising or anything with us it's just they make great stuff so it's on offer at the moment i think at 59 uh, it's the world's first uh, according to the blurb i have here officially endorsed oberheim software synth uh, that's saying a lot format uh, has you know all the the stuff that you would find in the obx uh, four macros x modifiers resizable ui patch browsers uh, patches from geosynth i think might be in the chat room from time to time drew sledginger tom wolf dave spears of course drew newman i mean there's you know this is just every time they release something big you know it's all people are often really happy about it because they make good instruments and they put a lot of time and effort in it and they do it right and it's uh, it's nice to see this i mean i'm guessing ty you might have been you might be there already i'm sure you're i mean because i know you're a fan of the g4 stuff so you've probably had a chance to try it or if not it's on the tip of your mouse shall we say i've i've had it and i've i've also uh i went i kind of went one better with it really because um uh, so I, 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 first of all, I, I got it and just thought it sounded amazing. Uh, but then I was, I was just reading just idiotic nonsense um, online, which I try not to do, but uh, I try to avoid them. Uh, but saying, oh, it's just another soft synth and it sounds nothing like, uh, you know, the normal crap. And... Um, and I thought, you know, is is it just me? Am I being blinkered? Because I I do think that the the uh, their stuff is fantastic, and I just I it always to me it's getting you know, you know where we were kind of years ago where we were there going one day you know soft sense will sound as good as the hardware and and we always yeah it, every, we're, wherever we are we're always turning around and going it's almost there it's almost there and for me with the OBE it was the first time that it was genuinely starting to it really was kind of there really and the sem was fantastic and i thought but am i just being blinkered with this so i haven't got an obx but i have got an obx8 and i've got an original ob8 and i've got uh arturia's version of the obx i've got uh synapsis uh their what's called obsession which is their version of the obx or the ob8 and so I got the two hardware. I should point out that the part of the job that I'm doing, it's quite synth-based, so I could use it as an excuse to actually work as well as just <laughs> mess. Um, <laughs> and I had them all lined up, basically. So I had an OBX8, an OB8. Uh, I even got in my two-voice, um, a two-voice pro, and then I had the, the software. And I was just, I kind of just spent a couple of hours just comparing and whether it was just me um, being an idiot. And the reality is I can honestly turn around and say, ev anyone that just turns around and says, it's just another v VST synth, doesn't sound like the real thing. Uh, why would you buy this when you can get some other rubbish for you know $29? It's a fantastic synth. It's just, it's as simple as that. It sounds, it's the nearest you're gonna get to the hardware com compared to all the OBX, or the OB8s software out there. It's the absolute, it's, it's properly, properly, properly authentic. And I can understand why it's been endorsed by Oberheim because it's, uh, it is the, the real thing. It's fantastic. And, and again, I don't care what anyone says when people are moaning about the kind of, you know, 59 quid or whatever. I mean, honestly, get real. Seriously. I know that it's a 59 quid. It's not, it's not cheap, cheap, but, I mean, realistically, for what you get, it's a fantastic synth. End of story. 
Excellent. Well, I mean, as we know, I mean, emulations, they, we gave these sort of plateaus and then, and now, I mean, it's getting to the point where people like GeForce and there are other companies and, and, and you here and what, are making things that are sort of virtually indistinguishable from the hardware and obviously adding lots of things that are, are, are additional and, you know, all those extra LFOs and uh, the, the X modulators and things. And that makes a big difference and it means you can take it into areas that perhaps it never would have gone, but, but you've got the core I've, of that sound as well, you know, so. I, I, I think the thing is that, you know, there has you have to draw a line under the fact that all of these synths, all, you know, the Synapsis one and the, the Arturia one, they're all great. They all, they, you can, you know, you can't, if you, if you can't write decent music with them, it's nothing to do with the software. It's to do with you and your ability. They all sound great. They're all great synths. But all I'm trying to all I'm trying to kind of emphasize is the fact that people turning around and saying, "Oh, it doesn't sound authentic. Oh, it just sounds like a VST synth," or you know, all that. That's that's where the line is because they're talking crap. It does sound authentic, and a lot of well, the, of the sure others less that. so. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they're not going to put their name. They're not. They're not going to put their name to something that is doesn't sound right. It's, uh, yeah, it's very good. Anyway, sorry. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard, Gaz, to, to follow on for somebody who's actually compared it to hardware. Yeah. <laughs> we, none of us <laughs> have the ability to be able to do no, that. I'm going to download it. I might do a patch flip on it and just sort of yeah. hear, hear what the sounds are. I mean, I did have the OBX uh, 8 here. And while it was absolutely lovely, I must admit, I, I sort of felt like, well, I didn't I didn't feel like the, you know, the, the, the large S of it warranted it didn't sound much, much more Oberheim than the uh, the, the the sequential version, the the, the, the OBX set, the OB. Oh gosh, I can't remember. There's so many OBs on there. The yeah, six, OB you know. six. So so yeah, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's probably not something you're likely to use terribly often because you're more a hardware guy anyway. I mean, and we know not massively into soft synths, so. Well, but I mean, some of my touchstone synth sounds of all time come from the OBX and specifically Rush, you know, that uh, beginning of Tom Sawyer, you know, that, that that thing. And also like the, the lovely big chords in YYZ and, uh, and also subdivisions as well, you know, which, uh, you know, I, I think that those are piece of music that have been in my life for a very, very long time. And uh, recently, I tried to have a go. I, I think someone put up a video about how to create that iconic Tom Sawyer sound. I tried to do it with the Super 6, and I got it a little bit, but it didn't sound anything like it, really. So, I mean, Gaz, can, uh, can, I, can, I can I just say yeah. that, that, patch, that patch is in there? It is. And <laughs> it, is, it is in there. And it's, I think it's called It's a Rush or Just Rush or whatever. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. identical. Oh. Literally identical. <laughs> So yes it's in there <laughs> you know so for years that sound that particular sound as well has just has just held me sort of in a, a, i love it i know you know so yeah that's reason enough to get it alone just just, to, just play that all day um yeah going to see geddy lee actually doing a talk in a couple of in a couple of weeks <laughs> oh i can't wait oh, yeah, anyway looking forward to that photo opportunity yeah. i know um, matt Oh, I think it's tie back. Yes. There we go. So, Matt, um, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, we're, what a what a time we live in, isn't it? Where we can get these oh, yeah. amazing emulations. I mean, yeah. it's kind of pretty hard to. I know, man. Hard to, like, 
I had I had a few chats actually with with the GeForce crew over the summer um, about one thing or another, and I, you know I was just praising them just how how brilliant they are at making these um, emulations, if you like, and just how rich their sounds are. But not only that, I think you mentioned the the kind of advanced capabilities that you don't get with the originals and all this extra modulation and how easy they make that as well. And even though the, the we just talked about user interface being quite minimal on, on things like pigments and stuff, and this, this is like a kind of true, obviously, GUI, um, it's still very familiar and easy to use. Um, one thing I was actually saying to them is I'd love to see now that they've they've got all of this brilliant code, all these brilliant oscillators and filters and modulators. I'd love to see them come out with some kind of synth where you could take an oscillator from Mini Monster and run it through the OBX filter and and that kind of thing. And I know a lot of the sound is to do with um, how those things interact with each other in a particular synthesizer, but um, I think it'd be quite interesting, you know, you, um, well, maybe VCV kind of, modules or something like yeah. that would be uh, wouldn't be a yeah. bad shout. Yeah, potentially because could could work, I suppose. Yeah, I know. The, I think it, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's just great that these things. I mean, you know, every time GeForce does do. bring out something. I mean, I, the last thing I did, I think I did one of the Sem OBE. I think I did the OBE, and it was like, yeah, that just it does sound. And it's not only that. Actually, what they've got nailed as well is the way that the parameters respond to the user input and velocity and aftertouch the very you know it's, and those are the things that made those instruments classic the same way that Moog's are you know the control law the sort of the way that the decay works on the on the envelope is very very musical and the scaling and all all of those things are what go into making something a little bit more special than just a straight emulation and i'm sure everybody does it but they obviously yeah. do it to the point where it becomes obsessive which is probably why it takes them so long to release things uh, uh, but you know that's uh, uh, and that's possibly as it should be you know and that's fine i mean it's not a not really a, a problem there uh, yeah I available i think um I was sorry, I was just trying to think, remember the first time, just going back to what Ty was saying about like how great these things sound now, and they really do, and they, <laughs> so, 59 quid for what you're getting, how it sounds amazing, but I remember when I, when I was at university back in the day, I remember when F Expansion did the Synth Squad, and that was the first time, I think, to memory, where they did almost component-to-component -component measurements inside of yeah. a SH-101 and, a, and a something else. So it wasn't just end-to-end, -end, it was discrete component, building, coding, and replicating. And that, that I think that was the first set of synthesizers that I bought, software synthesizers, where I was like, whoa, yeah, these these are chunky. These There's something about this. It's, there's this movement and this musicality. I, I don't know, it's very, it's quite hard to describe, isn't it, when, when you hear this kind of thing, but... Um, but yeah, they, they, that certainly always comes to mind when I'm thinking about how how far we've come over. Yeah, oh, I mean, when did those FX expansion ones come out? Like twenty years ago? Nineties? Yeah, I mean, no, well, not nineties, yeah. but maybe uh, early two thousands, uh, late nineties. Yeah, I uh, know. Well said. Anyway, well, thank you very much for the inputs. It seems like everything's amazing at the moment, and it, it feels like I mean, because we had such a sort of bereft summer of releases, and now we've got all these kind of all these other things coming out. There's more. That I mean, you know, we've got so many things that we can talk about. I mean, I think maybe we should just quickly because we got Matt here, and we know that because sometimes we talk about DOWs and software bundles that essentially we don't use 
Uh, we do have some information uh, uh, that we've got a user here that we should probably uh, tap in on. So, uh, new Bitwig. So, this is um, Bitwig 5.1 beta released. Uh, again, you know, this feels like there's got a lot of new stuff. There's uh, uh, some, uh, 10 new modules, 4 filters, 6 rations, a lot of stuff to the mixer. There's a bunch of new features and new devices and new, I mean this is becoming like yeah, there we go scalability I think it's available as a bit beta for now 5.1 uh, they're hopefully going to get that out at the end of the year uh, I'll, I'll just come to you briefly Matt because I know you're a user I mean you use it so um, you, you will probably know these features inside yeah. out um, well another it's, kind it's of. exciting when a door just comes in and gets you know gets more stuff right well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at Bitwig. I mean, with every one of these updates, the idea with, I don't know if you know this, by the way, let me just put it in context. I don't know if you know, but with Bitwig, you pay an upgrade plan. And in that upgrade plan, you get all of these free incremental updates for 12 months. So if you're in the upgrade plan, you've just suddenly received these brand new upgrades to what is also already a very, very powerful DAW. Um, you know, at no extra cost, essentially. And if you freeze your plan, you that's where you stop and you end up with all this functionality and you can always go back into it again if you want to. So um, I've always been, I think Bitwig, as you probably know, I've, I've sort of, uh, when they introduced the grid, which again was just a, a free update they just threw on you and went, oh, have this, by the way, which is a completely modular environment within the software, which allows you to route audio through a number of different, you know, filters and build your own sequences and reverbs, you name it, it's, it's there. I was like, okay, right, let's go check what this is, this is about. And particularly, um, I use it with modular here with the ESA, which allows me to run signals in and out of Bitwig really easily in the grid. So you kind of got, it's just, it's just amazing. It's really cool. In this update, I was, um, I only learnt of it actually about an hour before we came on. They, they sent me an email about it. Um, and it was great to see everyone, by the way, at, um, from Bitwig the other week up in Bristol. But um, yeah, you've got some new uh, filters and wave shapers that are thrown in there. There is um, there's some really simple things like the GUI where you could just make the faders really bigger and that kind of thing, um, which isn't a massive thing but it's there there's this kind of new way of um cutting up samples and quantizing them using this uh, transient detection um that is a little bit more sophisticated than what we've seen in most daws i think um where you can get really precise results if you want or like me if you misuse it you can make things actually work quite interesting with the transients and pull things around uh, by misusing snapping um, to, to mm. different divisions and things like that. Um, there's the new byte oscillator. This looks pretty interesting as well, which is a spatial dual oscillator, um, which exists both in the grid and exists outside um, of the grid in their standalone synthesizer called the Polymer. So, yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning this. It's quite a, a beefy update. Um, there's some distortions as well. There's there's some new modules for the grid, saw, heat, push, owl, shred, diode. Um, it's it's quite a, you know, if you're a, a 
a bit with user, you can download this now, it's just suddenly arrives in your account and you've suddenly got all this extra functionality. That is what I love. I, I think that's just, um, I think it's brilliant value for money. And uh, as a user, I just love the fact that the, which, you know, Bitwig has probably become my main DAW now. It just mm. keeps getting better and growing and growing and there's nothing better about that. Unless, of course, I don't know, um, probably um, Ty will be able to tell you this, but I'm sure Ty very much doesn't like his DAW to change much because if you've got particular templates set up yeah. for well, working that, to move that's, an image, that, that's the last thing you want is an question. update like this. That's a question I was going to really say. I mean, I, I mean, you know, yeah, you are the you are the Bitwig user. I mean, we're familiar with it, but I'm just I'm just curious. So, I mean, what would it take for our other two guests to change DAWs? I mean, that is perhaps a question. I mean, you know, you, you obviously you're working, so it's it's almost an impossibility. You, I mean, let, you wouldn't even upgrade during a project, let alone yep. switch DAWs. But I mean, uh, and I think um, uh, Chevy Trailer uh, Technomatic says bit keeps weakening, but I'm just too old to learn another DAW, which is an interesting kind of attitude to take. I mean, I guess I just wonder what it would I, take, Ty, to make you go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do that now. Honestly, it, you hit the nail and said it's kind of Im not impossible, but it, yeah, it's it would it just wouldn't happen, and it's the same for a lot of a lot of people that do the same as uh, I do. You kind of jump in. And that's where you stay. Literally, you just stay with it because um, the thought. I mean, I because at one stage, so at one stage, I kind of obviously I'm a mainly a nuendo man, which therefore means Cubase is just like a cut down nuendo. So I know those like the back of my hand. But I was also using Logic. I was also doing Ableton. I was also doing Reason. And uh, as it's gone on, I've just kind of gone. Duh, do you know what? No, and I've kind of stopped with Logic altogether. Ableton, okay, I occasionally use Live. Um, stopped with Pro Tools completely. Stopped with Reason completely. I just and so the thought of actually learning anything else. I mean, to be fair, for the amount of times I use Live, because I was looking at a, a, a Push Three, and then just thought, I oh, don't be an idiot. You never use your Push Two, so I'm not doing that. So the reality is, I think Live's going to slip, which will then just leave me using Nuendo and Cubase. And I honestly don't think there's anything now that anyone could develop onto a door that would make me jump just because it's such mus muscle memory now. It's it's almost that thing of me using a door because it's like 24 seven, three, six, five. It's almost as, as embedded in me doing everything that way as it is breathing or talking English yeah. or do you know what I mean? It's yeah, that yeah. kind of level yeah, of, no, totally it's just part, it's totally. part of me. It's part of me so much now. And it's been so many years of doing the same. I, you know, um, why no, the I mean, literally nothing stressful occupation. By adding, I, I mean, adding the only way of doing of, it, let's, <laughs> Yeah, the the only way of doing it would literally be to turn around and go, okay, I'm not I'm not going to do anything for the next six months or the next twelve months, and all I'm going to do is learn how to use this new door to try and get because it's got features to try and get to a level where I was at six months ago or twelve months ago with the old door. I'm not yeah. going to do that. It's and 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 exactly as as the comment that was made. As you get older, the thought of learning all it all again, it just gets less and less attractive. So no, I'm going nowhere unless unless Nuendo or Cubase suddenly disappear from this earth. That will be it now till the you know day I pop my clogs. So interesting. You know. 
Uh, no, Gaz, I mean, it's not uncommon, is it, for people to use DAWs for different things? I mean, I was using Logic yeah. yesterday because I can auto-sample into it, create an ESX instrument, which I can then import to Decent Sampler, which means I can make sample instruments more easily. I, I would normally use Reaper, perhaps, or now I'm actually using DaVinci Resolve. I just started recording the voiceovers for the two ads we've had. I just recorded directly into DaVinci Resolve finally figured out how to do that. It's quite complicated, but now I've done it, it means I could just go straight in, record a voiceover to video. So, I mean, in many ways, there's a certain amount of interchangeability, but also you might use a DAW just for a specific feature, right? Yeah, um, so I use Studio One just for the project, uh, the project uh, mode for mastering and assembling albums. Uh, which I think is unbeaten in any of the other DAWs. Um, but then I've seen, you know, Studio One has developed in such amazing ways as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I was trying to keep up with all of them for various reasons, for review reasons, for compatibility with working with clients. Uh, so, you know, we've got Logic, Cubase, Live, Studio One, Bitwig, Reaper, um, maybe some others um melodyne studio uh yeah and a few years well actually more like 12 years ago something like that i i i tried moving from cubase to reaper for my main sort of work and then just there's some real good advantages of reaper but ultimately i preferred the editing environment of cubase and now it now i i, I Live and Cubase are pretty much it for me in terms of I use Live as a kind of play a playground really and Cubase for my main production work uh, and then as I say Studio One for that fantastic unparalleled um, project window. But I mean I'm really interested to see. I heard a rumor that Cubase 13, which I'm guessing. It normally comes out fairly soon. I think the, the big Cubase release. I think we're getting close to to, to that. Um, I heard a rumor that that is going to support MIDI 2.0. Now we did that mm. feature, didn't we? In um, it's Sheffield with uh, JB. Well, that might make a difference, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, so Logic now, and and in and in fact, uh, Mac OS supports MIDI 2.0. Um, and at the time that I was filming that interview, there was a meeting going on at Microsoft about implementing MIDI 2.0 into Windows as well. So I'm not sure if that's gone through or if that's going to be imminent, um, but it looks like that's going to happen too. So with that in mind, it's kind of interesting to see which uh, which of the DAWs are going to support it. As I say, Logic does, and now hopefully Cubase will as well. And that could be something that may attract people. That's, that's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, because yeah, ultimately, I mean, it? in many ways, what, what tends to happen is the composition environment usually is where you're spending most of your time and then you would end up just kind of finishing things off in it. So if they can pull people in to a composition environment, I think, uh, let me just put this one up. I think this came for Rapscallion. What about if the new door allow you to adapt your hotkeys from the old one? That would make things more. And, uh, and that's well, something that and, and most one do. Does. Um, most Studio do One now. does. Yeah, most do. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. makes a risk. Um, I mean, there's usually parity amongst most of the features. I mean, you know, you can split audio, you can trim, you can do all of the things. Those things are almost, you know, they're, they're sort of par for the course. It's just 
maybe learning the key commands would be the thing that would stop you. But if you can just translate them, then that makes things a lot quicker. I mean, I always go back to that story about whenever I used to go and do sort of uh, production work for uh, any of my clients um, that had maybe just started with a di- I, I just enforce my key commands on them because then it would just be <laughs> then everybody you know then it would be easier for me and now and also now it's all you almost don't even need to do that because if you go and do a session with somebody and they're using you know some random set of key commands or the ones that came with it out of the box or something that they changed that they maybe move you can you can apply your preferences temporarily to most DAWs now and save that and then just go yeah oh. load this in and then I've, all of that stuff can happen doesn't it sorry Matt you were thought so, yeah sorry yeah, on, on that, um, sorry to interject, yeah, key commands are, are a must. But talking about Studio One, Gaz, you might find this interesting. Um, I think it was last month that Bitwig and Studio One got oh, together and they, they developed this new format. door project, didn't they? I yeah. don't know if you talked about this already on the show. We but didn't. It was in the list, yeah, but essentially we didn't get you can, to it. Yeah, so, so essentially you can, you can import... Uh, a bit big session into Studio One and vice versa. There are anomalies, so certain things doesn't get yeah, read. I think some of the audio units automation date doesn't get read, and this, that, and the other. It's essentially, I think it works in an XML kind of file way, but that is an interesting step in a direction that I would like to see. Um, it's a this is about the third time they've tried this, haven't they? I mean, OMF, open yeah. media format, was been, has been around for That's a very right. long time trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then remember, I think it was about 10, 12 years ago, there was another stab at, at attempting to do this. Uh, so, you know, let's hope third time lucky. I mean, I'm totally with you. I think it's a great, a great idea. Well, it would make sense because, I mean, ultimately, then everybody could own all the doors and that's what they would want. It's like, you know, don't oh, yeah. stick yourself to just one, buy, have all of them. And that's often what happens. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've got uh, I've lo- I've been a very long time Logic Loot user. I've got Live, and I've got Reaper. Those are the three that I would use, and 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 more and more Resolve because Resolve I can do you know as well as video editing I can do graphics. Where all the post we used to, used to, my workflow used to be, you know, edit the video, jump into Photoshop or you know Affinity Photo, make the poster frame, do all of that kind of stuff. Now I can do the whole lot in affinity in in uh, resolve i don't need to leave and i can do uh, like when we did the emom gig you know i could export we brought all the stems in from the recordings and then i could yeah. tart them up do the edits and then i could bounce all of the uh, individual audio tracks out as stems again for the for the uh, the artist to have access to all from within an nle you know for, which is for video so i mean all of these things become somewhat interchangeable uh, over time and i suppose mm. it's just a question of how easy it is uh, for that to happen but yeah it's an interesting interesting development and i'm glad to see that uh, you know we've talked about this before haven't we where there used to be really quite big steps in daw um feature sets where you know yeah. cubase would go wow check this out and everybody would go wow amazing and then it would appear in all the other ones in some form or another that yes. doesn't happen quite so often i think bitwig's different because bitwig is really focused on sound the sound creation and composition and side of things rather than maybe uh traditional writing or mixing or you know uh, edits for pro- media production or whatever so it has its own flavor and that's where they put a lot of their energy right matt yeah oh yeah i think so i think so um in innovation and and things like that i was yeah 
was also wondering, like, how many of you guys still use, um, um, what's the term for it? But essentially something like WaveLab, where it's not really designed for multi-track. It's just Two stereo playback editor. designed. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I mean, no. I, I used to use it a lot for mastering and that kind of thing. Just because it, I used to love coming out of the DAW environment and just working with just a stereo editor, just so you're kind of committing and moving on and that kind of thing. It was, I think in in a way it was more of a, a mental headspace kind of thing. Yeah, um, but, but it you know did have some then, actually some good when you when you're mastering yeah. a load of tracks together and you want some crossfades, you want them to merge, and then you need another track underneath, and then you need another track, and then suddenly yeah. you've got a multi-track editor, and that's that. <laughs> so and yeah, fun. you can. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that, and I remember you used to also be able to select in WaveLab with the crossfades where you wanted because you could burn CD, couldn't you? No, from where it, you want I the believe. ID and to you, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You could so you could decide where in that crossfade you want the track to start and end, which I that was really cool. That was ace. You could do that. You could put the secret tracks in, couldn't you? You could actually have yeah. a track <laughs> at the start marker before the, you know, after the track. So you'd have to rewind back to get to secret tracks and you do that in WaveLab. But um, I was just thinking, Nick, uh, it's an interesting story based on a little bit, uh, inspired a little bit by what you were saying there about working in DaVinci Resolve. Um, I recently met a chap called Stuart. Uh, he was part of Hexstatic, who had a song with Cold Cut called Timber from back in 1998. And he told me that he did all of the audio editing in, in in premiere sort of um so that oh, particular right. that particular piece he'd taken all these like videos of like kind of lumberjacks chopping down trees and lots of things like that and then sliced it up into tiny tiny little fragments video and audio but then uh, uh, you know so the actual audio component of the song was, was um made from video was, edits right was made from video editing yeah there's lots of yeah there's you lots can of do something like that in ableton as well can't you you can you can you can drag in video files into there and you get video and you get the audio and you, you can essentially chop video within a daw yeah, in ableton it's it's quite primitive but mm. it's pretty i used to use, use it a lot for live shows actually ableton um to to put visuals in and sync it up that way that was quite good yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, I wonder whether or not we've got uh, time to cover anything else. It feels like we've kind of uh, we have we have spent uh, spent the, the uh, requisite well, hour. Uh, uh, but uh, sorry, uh, who was that? Was I was only going to say go go for that reverb pedal quickly, only for the fact that. Um, okay. All right, I'll do that. It, only the fact, only for the fact that I'd never heard of this pedal and the last thing i need is another reverb i mean really the last thing i need is another <laughs> reverb but, and okay well i listened i listened thought Go on. I'll, i'm I'll holding it i'm holding it <laughs> pictronics cosmosis uh which looks very much like the uh that strymon uh, night sky blue uh stereo in stereo out uh three algorithms um Said, I, I, my notes here say more than a passing resemblance to the night sky, but without the extra control. Stereo I/O and a stereo expression input, hence the five connections. And it, it does sound really nice. algorithmic reverb. Does sound really nice. Uh, and 219 bucks, which when you compare it to some of the big, the big players in these DSP pedals, uh, it's quite a reasonable price. And it's got morphing, uh, 
I really love the way they made the shot and the, the player in the background in the blur, you know, just to show that there's live stuff coming out. I just think it's a beautiful little uh, video as well. Uh, yeah, Pictronics Cosmosis, $219, and it does sound rather lovely, I think. I mean, I, I know it's, it's easy to, uh, to just get lost in that, and uh, Reverb is sort of almost, it's not last century, but it's last decade or what's a, what how you, what's a, what's a five year period it feels like it's just not not really the done thing to have those endless reverbs anymore but i still do it so so uh so i've got a, i've got a big sky and i've got uh eventide 9000 i've got a tc 6000 system i've got i don't even know a couple of like i've got a pcm 96 and a 91 <laughs> and a so I've, I'm, when it comes to reverb, honestly, and I've got all the software, I really don't need another reverb. I'm totally covered. And I listen to this, and honestly, close your eyes, and it just sounds gorgeous. And I went online, and 173 quid. Wow, that's 173 I mean, that's quid. Now you, I mean, that's that's software money. That. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's plug-in money. And even then, let's be honest with you, I mean, compared to some of the UAD, you know, the UAD is a 299 for their plug-in reverbs, unless they're in a sale or something, 299 for the good ones. And 173 quid for that. And so I, I didn't even get all the way through the video. I got probably two minutes into the video and I just, I just bought it. I'm so sorry. Do you not think sorry. that? It sounds, it sounds <laughs> it sound beautiful. Lovely. And the yeah. morphing, the way it morphs is just, a, yeah. it's gorgeous. I, I, I think I have to say the guitar tone that that guy got is that's also extremely amazing. beautiful. Oh. Uh, so the one at the end is a baritone. There's a baritone. Oh, really? They they have a baritone uh, guitar right. at the end. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I don't so know. Uh, Matt, I know you are a fan of those big reverbs, particularly and, and you know things that you can do with them. Yeah. Nice to have. I love. I mean, my love to a, a distorted pad into a reverb is is a thing of beauty and it's it's very or, it's very tempting or a um or reverb into distortion and then and then mm. some more reverb on at the end yeah i love <laughs> love all that sort of thing i think <laughs> and then some more distortion. To say, <laughs> yeah just keep going keep going um i mean is it fair to say that these kind of uh, they call it reverb and it is predominantly reverb i don't know shoot me down here but these pedals are, are more than that now aren't they yes. there's there's other there's processes going on in there whether it's, it's it's the way it feeds back or the the use of um, yeah. um pitch the change, filters that they modulation. use modulation yeah all of that in there there's extra stuff going on there so let's call these reverbs in a in a typical sense they're not they i think they this is almost you know, it's almost a new category that's grown, hasn't it, over the past, I don't know, 10 years or so and become to the forefront of of these kind of effect pedals which are more than reverbs. They, they're designed to do something else. They add this textural layer that is more than a reverb can do in a way. I, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but... I know what you're saying. I just think it's about time we, we acknowledge that this is something... A thing. that's grown and it's be, it's and it's become very very popular and um and it's changed a lot in terms of um a lot of people's music making it's really influenced them and brought about well, um ambient so yeah 
The thing is, you're exactly right, because at the end of the day, these essentially, to all intents and purposes, the way this sound was done back in the day was just a chain of multi-effects. It would go, you know, there'd always be an even tide in there. There'd be, you know, kind of AMS pitch shifting. There'd be, it was just a chain of events in the 80s when they kind of got the sound. And then even tide when even tide got that sound because the way they develop their yeah. multi effects is essentially everything's in blocks so the the famous kind of even tide sound which is now what we're getting with the kind of shimmer delays and all that kind of thing it's because they're using blocks where one's a reverb one's a pitch changing one's a delay one's a chorus and it's a multi effects and that's all these really are these are multi effects the only difference is you don't have control over each individual element you've essentially mm. just got a limited amount of controls Macros, yeah. that applies to the sound on mass but the way that these morph um it's just, it's just yeah. really interesting but i think the thing is you, what you need to get to the bottom of with this pedal is the fact that there's loads of pedals that now that do this kind of thing but the two things are some of them just sound better than others and this has got a, it's got a really classy sound i think that's the thing it's got a very classy mm. sound i don't think it's the most versatile in the world but it's incredibly yeah. classy but i still keep coming back to the price which compared to the competition is just it just seems stupid yeah. it, guess, you know guess what guess what since have i you ordered I've just bought one. <laughs> well, well done, Gaz. <laughs> um, Honestly. No, yeah. one of the well things done. that really got me when I watched the video earlier was um, the spectral reverb. It sounds a little bit like a shimmer reverb, but it's not actually doing it. it, it it's acting on the harmonic content. Harmonics, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of... Um, <laughs> You got all that beautiful kind of the thing like a shimmer, but you know, sometimes that shimmer, you hear that pitch shifty out. You can hear that pitch shifty kind of quality in there. This seems to sort of do that sparkle, but without that, uh, without those, the mess that, that mm -hmm. thing. So, um, also I just think that the design and the, and the, and the way that you, you can set the morph to morph between the two is something I really love. I've been using um, a morphing approach with the, um, the what's it called, the RT 701, 1701 from, um, uh, 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 I'm having a, um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, radical technologies, of course. Radical, sorry, yes, radical technologies in module, and and that's that's got this brilliant like kind of morphing thing where you can kind of set up a a reverb and then set up another reverb and then morph between them, and I think that effect of morphing like like a really smooth morphing from one from one sound into another sound uh is still really really um beguiling and a, and a beautiful effect and it seems like this pigtronics is just uh it's just got that nailed um one thing i was thinking about uh, i was watching a video about the making of this pedal and they're saying that they spent you know like i don't know the the like 15 years or something or whatever it is <laughs> working on this pedal but i think partly probably what a lot of that is down to is you know for the dsp to become affordable for it to run a convolution yeah. and i mean this is a convolution this is convolution in a pedal basically Oh, so it? a lot okay. of I thought it was algorithmic i wasn't sure yeah yeah i think it's a combination but i think that the um I think a lot of the uh, when you change things, you are in in a sense um, 
sample rate con- converting the um the 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 the, uh, the impulse um right uh, okay so that's yeah that's I, th- I think so i think so and I, th- I think it but i think it uses a combination of algorithmic and convolution but but, but the point i'm making there is probably taken until now for that interestingly i should also i should also point out that there's some really lovely just natural sounding room spaces you know the theater mm-hmm. one with a the short there's a, just the guitar being played into it it sounded it's lovely it, 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 mm. You know, not just mm-hmm. these massive washes. It sounded good for shorter stuff. I mean, we often forget that you can have a short reverb. I know I do. I mean, it's just like maximum. Well, <laughs> Most of the time, I just, short reverb. I, I wanted to ask, actually, if there's one person in this room who can tell us if it's what they think of this reverb, it's got to be Nick Bat. We've all seen your <laughs> demos and things, Nick. What do you think yeah. of this, Nick? It's. I have to say, I thought it sounded lovely. Uh, I would like to play with it a bit longer. I like the idea that I could use it in a shorter form for something that was maybe a bit more staccato as well. And I like because quite often some of these bigger DSP reverbs, you know, like the the the, the night sky and the big sky, all of them, their shorter stuff and their early reflection stuff is not as nice. You know, it, it's not as smooth. I mean, we talk. This sort of thing sounds more like uh, I think is it Bricasti that like mm-hmm. super yeah. expensive oh, piece yeah. of hardware. That's algorithmic. Yep. This sounds very natural in those shorter pieces as well, which is quite an unusual, um, quite an unusual to have both. I think uh, so uh, working so effectively, and that's what I think. Um, but I, our I, our uh, our standard Nick was the uh, the Ventris from Source Audio, which both of us have, have been very keen on, um, and that would be my uh, point of reference. I think. Uh, yeah, but again, that that's lovely, but it didn't. It wasn't very good at very short i mean it was i'm not saying it wasn't very good it wasn't as good as this anyway it didn't sound as good that with the early mm-hmm. reflection early reflection can sound very grainy for, uh, um and and synthetic and this seemed to sort of sound i don't know how much tweakability there is on that but it sounded pretty nice to me i must yeah. say um well i think we should probably knock it on the head now because uh, we have been going on for a bit and i'm sure our guests have other things to do day jobs and all sorts of other things and also our chatties and everything uh, probably have other things to be getting on with, but thank you very much for joining us, everybody. And so, Matt, um, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Now you're back on screen. Um, hope your gig goes great. I know Andy's going to come down and maybe Thanks. film a bit of a chat with you, document it, you're one of your last events. So it would be nice to, yeah. so we'll have something for that. Um, but it would be nice to see you in person. Yeah, always love to see yeah, I always love to see Andy and and the crew and uh, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, it should be a so lot. Your gig's in Brighton. Is it in Brighton with Alessandro Cortini? It, it is. Yeah, it's at the Attenborough Centre for the Arts, which is um, at Sussex University on the grounds of that in Falmer. So it's just literally just outside Brighton, but it's an amazing venue. I mean, this thing is it's it's a it's one of those beautiful kind of theatre venues where the whole of the the, the back of the stage is for visuals as well because my my live set now has got a lot of visuals going on and i mean just quickly show you tell you how i do that which is something that I've, i'm really happy with because with everything that's going on in the modular i can send gate and cv back into the computer into resolume avenue and i can turn that into midi and then i can trigger effects and i can trigger visuals depending on what i'm doing in the module 
uh, modular. Oh, okay. So if I start adding nice. loads of gates and triggers and stuff, it, it, it will chop up things more and that kind of thing. So it's all very integrated. It's, it's a great way of working. So to be able to do that in such a majestic, huge environment with such an amazing display um, and sound system, it's, it's going to be a proper send off, I tell thee. But very quietly. Yeah. Yes, it can't be yet. It's got to be. It's got to be barely audible. But the visuals will be loud. You'll be all yeah, right. Bit, or they might be very. Dim. No, they'll 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 have a filter on it, a dark filter or something, black and white. Oh, I don't know. That would be the case. I hope that's not the case. And Ty, of course, <coughs> lovely to have you um, as ever. I mean, hopefully again sometime soon. We'll see you in real life when you come out of the other end of That'd your be great. project. Yeah, we'll do. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you. No, nice to have you. And uh, and Gaz as well. Are you uh, streaming tonight? You're doing a show, a Gaz Williams show tonight? Whenever I ask you, you always seem to take it as a challenge. Yeah, why not? I think I will. Go on. Uh, yes, shall I? Um, yeah, why not? go on. Go on. I'll do it. I'll do go it. On, go on, go I don't on, know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. Um, but one thing I have got on order, unfortunately, it didn't come in time. Is the hang on if I get the name right, the Yamaha FG FG oh FG, the finger FG, drummer E fifty. Yeah, nice. snappy, yeah. snappy, brilliant. Right? Yeah, they now they look like they're selling out everywhere, and uh, I just think that. Uh, yeah, I'm really keen to get my hands on one of them. So that'll be something I'll definitely do in a future thing. Or maybe even perhaps we should do a review for Sonic. That might be quite good. And, yeah, um, we could have a drum off. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting one? <laughs> I don't know. I tell, what, what I have got, um, I've got the Yamaha DM3 here, which is that beautiful Ooh. little Yamaha mixer. Um, oh, yeah. <gasps> we need... Five... We need... We need yeah. to talk because because in the the infamous third studio when that's finished, I'm I'm basically going to be getting a load of submixers, and that looks absolutely yeah. perfect for each each it's, kind of workstation. It's delightful. So I've looked the at those. Is it good? The only thing I would say is you look at it and you just go, if only the things it's missing for me is I think you can get one with Maddie, but if it had an AES fifty or similar where you could just plug in a, a third party stage yeah. box. It would make so much sense because at the moment I've got 16 in and eight outputs, right? And that amount of if I'm if I'm not on stage with it and it's at front of house, I'm going to be having to carry multi-core or or XLR cables that are going to weigh many 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 more times than the mixer itself, which is just seems ridiculous. And also, um, it would be nice to see the USB slot to be able to record more than two tracks, like the RME stuff does. Uh, so you could multi-track onto it. Those to the two. But the, it's the stage box that's sort of baffling me. I mean, I guess I could get... Uh, I, I don't know of any Maddie stage boxes. I mean, they probably exist, but I bet they're really expensive because mm. it's it's a top it's a tip-top end. So it'd be nice well, to, I think, to just have an AES50 or something connection, but there isn't one. There's no expansion port. I think it's Dante rather than... I is think it it's Dante rather than... Ah, maybe I think Dante, it is rather yes. than Maddie. Ah, well, that makes more sense then. Um, I, but I, my my rigs, my rig would all be Maddie's, so I'd have to get a, a, a Dante to MIDI converter, which is fine. They they're exist. Not, but, yeah, they're not, they're not terribly. But yeah, they're not stupid. It's Dante, a Dante stage box. Uh, the only stage box we've got here is the Behringer SD8, which is fine, you know, but it only connects to mm -hmm. the Behringer because it uses AS50. So 
it, it's a bit like VHS Betamax, isn't it? It's like, have you got AS50? Have you got ABB? Have you got Dante? Yeah. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, else yeah. there is, you know, and they just don't talk to each other, which is disappointing. Yeah. But, uh, but folks, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks to our sponsors. Even though I got off to a terrible start and uh, we didn't have a proper beginning of the show, I'll tell you the reason is because I've moved all the assets to another drive. I'm trying to compartmentalise all the cloud drives into sort of Sonic Talk drive. And obviously, when I relink the asset, I relinked the beginning to the end, or the end to the beginning, which is why we had no beginning. But anyway... Do we need to sing right? the outro theme tune? Or are we going to have think it? it? Well, this will be the thing. Will it work? I don't know yet. If uh, not... We'll just have to see. So if not... Gaz. Yeah, I don't know. Gaz, you've got your super <laughs> synth tune. You've got your super synth. You could play it. <laughs> well, let's I see. The outro. Or we could hum it. Oh, well, I yeah, think hum it. singing it would be nice. I like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I can give you the first note. I can give you the first note. Hang on. I've got my ukulele. <laughs> well, it's good yes. to know. It's good to know we're covered in case it doesn't work. Uh, when I press this button, though, it will mute you all, so uh, you won't be able to. Nobody will be able to hear it. <laughs> Which may or may not be a blessing in disguise. We'll just have you decide. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for this week. We'll see you all next time. Um, that was Sonic Talk episode seven seven five. See you later. Bye bye.